Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Binge Chickens. Uh, I'm your host, Alex, and I have Lo with me. How are you, Lo? Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Oh, <laughs> so Sorry, I'm reading. Yes, I'm reading up on what we're talking about. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. So, yes, we, we are back for another episode of our Doctor Who reviews, um, looking back on the series... Um, from Christopher Eccleston all the way through to Jodie Whittaker. Um, and our last episode, we had Series 3, which was David Tennant and Freema Agamon. Uh, and this season, we have David Tennant and Donna, and Donna Noble, Catherine Tate as Donna Noble, yeah. um, in David Tennant's last season. So we, we will be covering the specials as well. We sort of figured they fit in with this se- season and takes us all the way through to his regeneration. Spoilers. Um, there will be spoilers <laughs> in this in this episode. Um, but yeah, um, I guess I'll start with what are your overall thoughts on this season, Lo? Um, it's actually really good. I feel like most of the episodes are quite engaging um, and interesting. Like, there's a lot that happens in this series, um, and you know, um, some of those episodes that are really well known. Um, and you know, classics, I guess, of New Who. So, yeah, it's a great season. What do you make of Catherine Tate as the new companion this season? I love Donna Noble. She's great. There's such good um, banter between her and the Doctor. And I think because they don't have that relationship element, um, which is what we've had with Rose and Martha, that it's a lot more comfortable, their relationship. Even though, like, it is sort of an ongoing joke, maybe over the first half of the season, that uh, people keep thinking that they're married, which I found really yes. funny because because of the fact that there is no remote romantic uh, tension between them, um, that any sort of suggestions that they're married and they're just like, oh, no, 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 we're not married. Uh, it was quite funny. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is this is definitely my favourite David Tennant season, um, I think, Uh there are very few weak episodes in this season or even the specials as well. Um, We sort of talked on the last episode about David Tennant as the Doctor and maybe being a little bit overrated. But I think when you think of him as the Doctor, I think this season is the most, like, definitive of him as the Doctor. Yes, the showcase is the 10th Doctor at his best for most of the season until the specials. Until the specials probably, yeah. (laughs) Until the specials. Um, well, look, how about we start off with, uh, we'll talk about the Christmas special that we got, which was Voyage of the Damned. So it was just after Martha had left the, the TARDIS. Um, we get the sort of typical, what, what, as uh, the Titanic crashes into the TARDIS. Um, and then we get a pretty rollicking adventure with um, Kylie Minogue and we get Donna's grandfather. Um, Who they and- did dirty with that wig. That annoyed me that whole episode. They could have, I mean, it's Kylie Minogue, get her a better coloured wig. Thank you. And and her accent was a bit interesting. I mean, I don't know if she did the best uh, British accent. It kept kind of I kept hearing a bit of Aussie twang coming in there as well. But uh, yeah, what did you what did you think of the episode? Um, it's a it's a great one as well in terms of Christmas Christmas specials. We remember Christmas specials probably reach out to a larger audience than the regular episodes because it is on Christmas Day. Well, they were originally aired on Christmas Day. Um, so yeah, I think it was a really good one-off um episode with a nice contained story some of it was a bit gimmicky um 
like the doctor being flown to the engine oh, yes. by the angels. Yeah. Um, but again, we've got the strong female character who's was that close to being um, the companion. He was more all um, more than ready to welcome another blonde on board. Um, I was about to say, I think, it, yeah, yeah. Um, and I look, I, I probably would have watched the Colin Minogue season. <laughs> I would have been okay with that. Um, but no, I think it's a good episode. You have some interesting, like an interesting mix of characters. Um, the Titanic, you've got the funny element of um, the Queen staying at Buckingham, at Buckingham Palace to prove that London's a safe place to be. I do like that they take the piss out of that, that like yeah. every Christmas something happens, everyone leaves London. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought it was it was fun. You know, these Christmas episodes are always just meant to be a bit of fun. They're not going to be too yeah. too intense. Um, I think uh, Wilfred being Donna's grandfather was sort of retrospectively fit in. So at the time in this episode, I think he's just meant to be a guy selling newspapers. But I do like you know looking back on it now that yes you know it's him being in this episode um yeah the angels sort of fl- like flying the doctor up was pretty cringe um but it reminded me of i think it's the fourth doctor the robots of death or one of those episodes um where the robots sort of turn evil um um like there was that kind of vibe from the beginning um but i i mean there's the yes. there's the the guy that's meant to be like i mean oh, i can't remember the character's name in the titanic the guy played by is it billy zane um yes it is um, yeah yeah the guy in this who's obviously like a riff on that guy i i thought and my memory was actually wrong i thought he was going to be the one that died because usually the, the stereotype is that the 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 dickhead is the guy that survives and then it did sort of happen again in this one i was kind of like ah oh, wasn't well, great I think the stereotype- like the, the expectation is that the dickhead will undergo a change and like sacrifice mm. himself because he's seen that, you know, there are other people out there. And this guy was like, nope, making money. I made everything. all this money. Yeah, it's great. Hey, doctor, yeah. I made all this money. Yeah, yeah. But then at least we do get the, um, I forget what his name is, the guy that ran the tours who ended up having a lot of money and was able to buy a house and retire oh to my Earth, gosh, which was quite nice. The guy from Keeping Up Appearances, which. Is it Max or something? I don't know. And we got, oh. Yes. And I remember Alfonso. I was telling you that he, his actor was in a classic Who episode. Um, no, not Max. Max was the guy that owned the company. But anyway, sorry. Not, yeah, yeah no, not, um, no, not Max Capricorn. Um, no, the, um, the, I'm going to, give me two seconds. I'm just going to check my notes. Let's see if I can work out. Uh, Alfonso was the midshipman. Yes, so we got to see Alonzi Alonso, which was good. Um, and he's Russ. Um, what is his name as well? I am blanking on everything. Russell Toby, great actor. Um, you've watched Being Human. The UK version, not the American version. UK version, recommend watching it. Um, no, who are they looking for? Not Wilfred. He's not listed here on the cast. Yeah, I can't. I can't see what his name was. But anyway, yes, like it was Rickson good that he. Slade is the. Um, 
Rixton Slade was the um, rich guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, it, it, sorry, yeah, looking for right, too much. That's right. No, no, that's okay. Um, yeah, look, overall, a good, um, a good Christmas special. And so, just before we go on to favorite, least favorite episodes, I thought because we oh, do it's have Clive Swift or Jeffrey Palmer. Yes, Clive oh, Swift, because okay. he was also in the classic episode, Revelation of the Daleks. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, which, which I liked I th- that that link. They've um, we've no, noticed this a couple of times where some old. Um, actors or actresses from classic who have appeared in um yeah. new who and we see that in midnight as well um which yes we'll when we get there yes but i thought just before we do go on to those episodes um we can talk about the other christmas special that we got i think there's technically three christmas specials but we'll talk about the other main one which was the next doctor as well um yes uh, so jumping ahead a little bit here but i guess because we're sort of combining the specials in here as well your comment about ha- him having a type just prompted me to think about this episode because whilst we have um uh what's his name uh i'm forgetting his name now um david morrissey yeah. thinking he's the doctor not actually being the doctor but he does have rosita as his companion which i really yes. like that he's and then you know david Tennant sort of saying oh you know nice name um that he's sort of uh still adopted a, a few of the um elements from um, david Tennant was quite funny Yes, yeah. So this 2008 Christmas special was um, an interesting one as well. Um, different because it, I feel, um, it because it was set in the past. Different mm. in that way. Um, still yeah, because they've Christmas all been Day contemporary so still, far. Yeah, yeah, still Christmas Day and still London being attacked <laughs> on Christmas yeah. Day. Um, just in a more Victorian. Um, Charles Dickens era, London. Yeah, um, and and I guess really interesting because at the time, obviously, context being that David Tennant was, you know, rumours that he was leaving Doctor Who, um, that they were going to cast the next Doctor, and so we get this Christmas special called The Next Doctor, and David Tennant spends the first 20, 30 minutes of the episode thinking this guy is his future self. And then he's, you know, before the credits roll, we've got him saying, you know, I've got my sonic screwdriver, just, just a screwdriver. He's got this TARDIS, which is a hot air balloon. He's got Rosita. He's got his companion. Um, and so David Tennant at, at first thinks this is the next Doctor. And so everyone sort of comes along for that ride, which I thought was a really fun quirk. And I've sort of said before to you that I would like at some point us to act, and, and maybe we're getting that with Joe Martin being um, a Doctor in Jodie Whittaker's season, where we could actually have the next Doctor appear in a previous Doctor's episode um, would be quite cool. Um, well, we kept having but, companions appear in previous episodes and true. then popping up, and then you saw Capaldi, I guess, sort of appearing, I mean, not, not as the Doctor, um, but in Fires of Pompeii before becoming the Doctor. So I guess we're we kind all- of sort of doing that, but not really. Yeah, and we get all the uh, little clips of all the previous Doctors in this episode. And I could be wrong, but I think this is the first time that um, Paul McCann's Doctor is actually on screen so that everyone can go, yes, this you know does actually count. It was that American sort of movie, but it does actually count, which was quite nice. Um, sort of brings him into the family like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was one of those episodes where I feel like the actual plot of Cybermen attacking London kind of, I never think of this episode with like it being a Cyberman episode. I always yeah. think of it as, oh, it's like a fun, quirky, next Doctor, like Doctor sort of stuff going on. Yes. Yeah. And I think as a standalone episode, again, 
Heels of the Viewers. It was one of the it's Christmas, so it's viewed by people who are not really familiar with Doctor Who, um, potentially. Um, So, yeah, it's again, I I like the special because they are that one off contained adventure and they are meant to be a bit of fun. I feel like as we get into the Matt Smith 11th Doctor Christmas specials, they start to get a bit confusing. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Like this it is very to... clear. And it said it's it's very much directed to the masses. It's light. It's fun. You've got a tangible villain. It's not overly complicated. Um, and yeah, it's just an enjoyable watch. I feel like Moffat's sort of channeling himself into David Tennant when in Blink, David Tennant saying everything sort of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, and that it got away from him a little bit because I suspect with some of Moffat's timey wimey plots, they start to get away yeah. from him a little bit as we as Just we find. A little bit. Um, um, yeah, look. Well, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. As I say, yeah, the Christmas. I like I like the Christmas specials overall. Um, yeah. The ones that we've seen so far, plus the voyage, like the ones we're discussing, the Voyage of the Damned and the Next Doctor, they're all good episodes i liked astrid as a character as i said i would have happily watched her as a companion um and i do like that alonzo makes an appearance later on yes um well let's talk now about i mean there's a lot of episodes that we've got here so we will try to touch on every episode to some extent but um maybe maybe because we've got so many episodes let's talk about your two favorite episodes are you Um, limiting me to two now i can't say all of them my favorite i can't pick my sixth favorite well, oh. we'll count if it's a two-parter. That counts as one. So you could do a, oh. you could do technically three episodes if you wanted to squeeze them in. Okay. But there well, are a lot of good episodes to talk about. Yeah, there's. I don't know. How I'm going to talk about my least favorite. It's a bit of a struggle. But anyway, sorry. Continue. Oh, I don't even know. Like this episode. Like you've already said, this season is so. It's a good season. Like it's probably the best tenth Doctor season. Um, probably definitely. So it's very hard. I mean. Well, look, we've got series two, three, four with the Tenth Doctor. I think the fourth season is definitely the best. Um, I really, okay, honourable mention, Fires of Pompeii. Yeah, that's got a lot going for it. And I, I, watching it, you know, I'm sure when, you know, I'm sort of picturing before the season started, you get the names of all the episodes, you get like the one sentence blurb of the episode and it's like, you know, Doctor travels back in time to Pompeii on the day of Vesuvius erupting, and you go, oh, yeah, we have yeah, an all right episode. But then it's got, you know, we've got Capaldi, who later becomes the Doctor. We've got um, Karen Gillan later becoming Amy. We've got, you know, all sorts of fun references to things. We've got, like, you know, the the the, the running joke with um, whenever they speak Latin that they, they think they're talking yes. Celtic is quite funny as well. It's just, it's just a solid episode. It's a great episode. It's a yeah. great episode. That probably, yeah. Okay, so that's probably my number one honourable mention. Wow, you um, okay? Partners in crime as well, just because mm. of that opening, um, where we see those sliding door moments between the Doctor and Donna, and they just miss each other. Um, it's a very that... entertaining open for a new companion, and as I said, this is where we get Donna back, and it's so nice to have her back because her and the Doctor have such a good banter and relationship. That that moment, that sure. scene with um, the Doctor and Donna seeing each other through the glass, and yeah, it's it's, it's up there with my favourite scenes in Doctor Who, just because of the, the 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 character acting from 
um, Catherine Tate. And then they're talking back and forth and then they glance over and realise that they're being watched by the, the villain. It was quite so funny. good. It's very and, funny. And it's a very contained, again, contained episode. I like contained episodes. You know, it's got that clear <laughs> beginning complication and you have the Miss Foster and she gets done over by the adipose, um, which is great as well. And then Donna finally, you know, agrees to... Um, it is a very typical Russell T Davies modern day earth setting as i was sort of saying in our last episode we've got the spaceship over over earth with the aliens and i'm like there are sort of tropes that russell t davies likes to follow but yes good good episode yes okay um and i have another honorable mention but i have a feeling that will sure. be your favorites i'm i won't okay. actually okay no i no. know which one's your favorite oh, okay we'll talk about it afterwards my favorite probably oh, i don't know it's so hard to, oh unicorn the wasp yeah okay Good um, one. I don't know if that's surprising. It would probably be between no. Unicorn and the Wasp and the Library two-parter. I, I reckon Unicorn and the Wasp is a very underrated episode. I don't, I don't think it gets talked as about as much as it should for how funny, how good, fun, and fun it sort of is as a self-contained story. Yeah. Um, I am a huge Agatha Christie fan. I love her books. Um, they're very easy to read and very easy to enjoy. And, enjoy. Um, and um, I mean, just, yeah, she has an incredible brain in terms of coming up with these plots and they're relatively simple but also mysterious, like the Poirot. I mean, we've um, watched, like, more, like, the movies and things like that and, you know, watching the TV series as well. Growing up, I do like Agatha Christie, so it was nice having those two worlds combined um here um surrounding you know christie's mystery herself i'm not you know quite sold on the cgi or the actual villain yeah um the great like i i do honestly think the reveal of the giant wasp being a person um is kind of a letdown but everything else in this episode is great like you've got the doctor being poisoned trying to get rid of the poison um, you've got Donna like properly going back in time and trying to begin uh, again, like from Pompeii, doing the same thing, trying to speak in their language. So, like Pompeii yeah. Latin Piffing, in the 1920s, she tries to put on that 20th accent and yes. use a very outdated language. And they're like, what is wrong with her? Um, but it also reminds me of some of those, again, classic Who episodes where they're set in the mansion and it's the small dinner party or small group and it's someone in the group who's um, done something wrong. I do enjoy, yeah, those types of episodes. Again, contained is my word I'm going to use because once we get to Series 5, contained throws goes out the window. Um, and I'll just, I was just going to flick this up because this is obviously they uh, talk in at the end of the episode about um, Agatha Christie and how she was. And obviously she was influenced, you know, obviously she was influenced by the plot because there's the giant wasp on the, on this cover, yes. um, which I don't know, it could just be perspective or whatever. But it feels like, I mean, I don't know who uh, wrote the episode, but it was Russell T Davies who just sort of went, hmm, is there something with Agatha Christie that we could incorporate as an alien in this episode? And they've gone, oh, giant wasp, sure, that works. Um, yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Um, that makes sense for me to do that. It would make sense rather than to have, I can't imagine it was a coincidence. 
Yeah. Um, well, I think with all these sorts of whenever they try and have like a famous person, they're like, is there some supernatural thing that they've ever talked about? Or like with Charles, Dick- like the whole joke about, you know, Agatha Christie and there's a murder and, you know, it would be like seeing Charles Dickens at Christmas with ghosts. And yes. Sure enough, that happened with the Ninth Doctor. Yeah. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was a good, like there was lots of good banter in this episode. Um, now, what is your favourite? And do you, I'm assuming you've got an honourable mention that I have not mentioned yet. Yes. Um, I was just going to quickly say before that on, on the banter, um, talking about, you know, them uh, being mistaken as a couple or whatever, we get them mistaken as a couple at the start. But then when the doctor gets poisoned and he needs a shock and so Donna kisses him and then he says, I should do that more often, uh, you know, the de- the detox, yeah, not yeah. the kiss. So, that, uh, yeah, that was quite good as well. Yeah, um, there's lots of funny yeah. lines in that one. Yeah, look, um, I will probably, oh, this is really, I've got two honourable mentions and it's going to be a cheat because one of them's a two-parter. So I'll go yeah. first honourable mention is Turn Left because as a yeah. big sci-fi fan, I love sort of alternate universe or what ifs and like, you know, if this didn't happen, how that would impact things. And we get basically the events of series three and four had the Doctor died at uh, The Runaway Bride and what was going to happen, you know, we've got Sarah Jane um, sacrificing herself in the on the hospital that goes to the moon, I think, and then we've got Torchwood blowing up the ship uh, with the Sontaran uh, stratagem plot. Yeah. Um, and I think was, oh, well, obviously the Titanic crashes, so Donna is sent off to Leeds, which is obviously the worst possible place on Earth that you could go to. Based on that shirt behind me, I'd say Leeds is probably the worst possible place on Earth to be sent. Well, um, look, judging by Donna's reaction, I think she agrees with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it, obviously it, it was almost uh, the first part of the finale, so I'm sort of cheating because we'll probably touch on it when we talk about the finale. Um, yeah. But with That's why I didn't know, mention it. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't quite see it as it's as part of the finale. I think officially it's not. That's why I'm sort of cheating. Yeah. Um, but there's, I think there's a few references through the season. We'll talk about the arc later. There's a lot of different arcs in this series, but there's something on her back being a reference to this beetle thing in this episode. Um, and then just the final scene where the doctor is sort of saying, oh, you know, that was fun and you're, you're fine now. And then Donna's saying, oh, you know, the girl that I saw said that the stars are going out and the doctor's kind of like, oh, this girl kind of sounds relevant. And then, you know, she says bad wolf and the doctor just freaks out. It's like that's like yeah. a goosebump sort of moment. Uh, so that was a, a good end to that one. <clears throat> yeah, it's a great episode and, like, it's that Dr. Light episode. And I think out of all... Mm. The Doctor Light episodes have got, I mean, Blink, again, is great, but this one just, seeing all those events replayed and what has gone wrong now that the Doctor's not there, it's um, it's really well done. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you really, like, this episode, it, you know, you don't need the Doctor um, at all for this episode because like, even with Blink, like, he is not necessarily... He's in the episode and he's woven through the episode. This is like we've got no doctor. We've got him at the beginning as they're walking to the market and he's haggling at the end when he says, Donna, what happened? But that's it. Every other yeah. plot point is... Donna. Yes, it's around him because it's around the, the fact that he's gone, but it's all Donna. Mm. Um, and we get Billy Piper back. And it's just... I, I love that episode too. Actually, maybe that's my favourite. So yeah, it's, it's a, and that's another this one that I think it gets... so hard. Yeah. Yeah. This is I like think... series one where I honestly, there was obviously a clear, I don't remember which one I said it was, but there was a clear, like no episode I just didn't enjoy. It. And there's a clear one here I just didn't enjoy either. Um, but 
at the same time, every other episode was so good. I was like, oh, they've all got they've all got good points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my other honourable mention is the Silence in the Library, Forest yeah, of the Dead two-parter. Mention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because obviously we get, you know, River Song is introduced as a character who's become such a momentous character in Doctor Who. And I'm, I'm trying to remember how how I reacted, reacted to this episode when I first saw it because I think at the time it was, you know, it was a Stephen Moffat episode. You go, oh, yeah, cool, okay, so we've got this character and obviously she didn't come back until um, the Matt Smith episode. So until that happened, it was the case that, okay, it's a cool concept, but it's not necessarily going to be a thing that becomes a, a, a more extensive thing. It was only when she was confirmed as coming back with Matt Smith that it was like, oh, okay, we're going to actually get this as a whole thing, which is cool. Um, but this obviously set it off and um, it was a really great two-parter. Um, Stephen Moffat, I mean, there's a reason that they chose Stephen Moffat or Stephen Moffat wanted to become the showrunner. He did do a, like almost every, every episode that he did in the Russell T Davies era is fantastic. Yes. Um, and, and this one's no exception. I just, yeah, really, really good fun, two-parter, good mystery, good, uh, good. Vil- well, Again, it's a, it's a villain that didn't use much CGI. It was a shadow. No. It, the whole con and the whole, the whole scary thing about it was that you couldn't see it. It was something that you just had to run from. And then it was the repeating dialogue from the characters who'd been killed. And that was the terrifying part. And yeah, it worked yes. really well. Um, you know, and they even mentioned like it's that, and this is what I think these episodes do well in terms of not having the outside alien um, is that they make it about things that, you know, could be a reality. So yeah. like here, the shadows and like Donna's like, oh, we don't have them on earth. Like shadows are fine. And he's like, oh, you do just not to this you know, mm. concentration for the fashion narrata. Um, yeah, I wouldn't really say this is a necessarily fun episode, but it's like <laughs> very much an edge of your seat episode. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that happens that really keeps you wanting to know what happens next. So this works. This is a really effective two-parter. Um, Definitely. When we talk about... We... With mm. the first episode ending with Donna, Donna's face being saved. And like, I totally forgot that Donna ended up in that alternate world. So when they were like, oh, Donna's been saved, I was like, oh. And then I then it clicked. I was like, oh, saved as in she's been saved, not like saved to a portfolio kind of thing, like her life has been saved. Yeah. Um, so they've got like that double meaning. I mean, it's both really that's happened. But, yeah, it's a great episode. Yeah, yeah. And is it, oh, I forget the name of the guy that she marries in this episode. Uh, who then she's just like, oh, no, they've just conjured up the perfect guy for me. Yeah, because it doesn't, I don't think it's Dan. Um, They've conjured up the perfect guy for me that, you know, wouldn't exist in reality. And then, of course, he is real. And he he can't see, he can't say anything because he's got his little stutter, which is. Yeah, I'm thinking Dave. That's because there's the two Daves. Um, And and he couldn't pronounce her name because he started on Donna. Mm. Um, I don't know what his name is. Um, Yeah. But and then and then of course so we've got the whole we've got we've got the beginnings of all the tropes with with River we've got spoilers sweetie and oh, you know Lee. Lee oh yeah that sounds that sounds right yeah um you know spoilers sweetie you know she's got handcuffs he's like why do you have handcuffs she's got the diary which he yeah. he can't read because of spoilers uh, she's got the sonic screwdriver. And then we've got that great moment at the end of the episode when the doctor's like, I've had all these years to think of how can I save her? And then I've given her a screwdriver. That's got to be it. And so he saves her and yeah. she gets to sort of get rebuilt in the in the system. Yes. 
Um, so she at least gets to live out her days in that simulation kind of world. Um, yeah. That was the little girl's world whose name I'm forgetting. Um, uh, uh, it's not Clara, obviously, but it's something like Cal. Oh, that would have been so good. Yeah, Cal. Yeah. She look, looks like she'd be young Clara. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there was a theory, for, there was a theory for a while. Yeah. I think yeah. that's my favorite two-part. Like, if I had to pick a two favorite two-parter episode, that just works. That one just works. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, um, okay. or, well, actually, the, the the other two-parter that definitely works is um, the empty child of the Doctor Dances, which is also Stephen yes. Moffat. So he he writes a yes. good two-parter. But yes, anyway, yes. Um, favorite episode and oh, might yeah, be sort of controversial a little bit on this one because I don't know if many people view it as their favorite but it is it is it's a pretty popular episode is um midnight because and I've and I'm sort of repeating myself over and over on this but it's an invisible enemy so no dodgy CGI to sort of take you out of it and it's 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 like a Lord of the Flies-esque sort of um you know yes. you're stuck in a cabin and who will turn against who they sort of, they sort of, it's sort of a cop out because they say it's the creature was sort of feeding on their fears and stuff and making them more agitated than they would have been. But like you sort of get at the start, they're all friendly and chatting and joking, and then it just becomes worse and worse. And you know, you sort of mentioned, was it, is it David Trouden who's in this episode, who's yes. our our old King Peladon from our John Pertwee yes. years? As you said, he's no longer as attractive as he was. Oh, that's mean. I believe, well, that was, I don't think that was your words. Look, I don't think, I, I know, it doesn't need to be on the podcast. He's older, Gosh. he's older, he's older. Look, let's say that aging. I apologise to him if he's, if, he's, if he's listening to this, yeah. <laughs> Aging's not kind to anyone. And I can imagine that, I don't know, I just, I think him as King Pelagos, I wouldn't have put that that was the same person. Yeah. But also, yeah. you got to keep in mind that the version of the Peladon episodes that we feeling, watched. Feeling like, there's a bit of backtracking from, going on here. From the 60s, so the quality <laughs> of the actual taping is crappy. Yeah. It's not HD. We see everything yeah. on HD. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of this episode? Did you like it? Yes, I do like it. It is a very good episode. Um, I guess I'm not as passionate about it as you are. Um, <laughs> it is very much that um, Lord of the Flies-esque, um, and it's very much a... I guess reflection on the human psyche um, and what we do when we get into a um, fight or flight situation um, and how the group mentality reacts. So yeah, I, I love it as a like psychological psychological thriller type episode because um, you're very close to thinking like we're like you watching it. I mean, and not knowing the ending, I forgot what the ending was. You're waiting for them to throw the doctor out. Yeah. Um, but then it's also terrifying that the alien who, you know, masks itself as part of being a human or masks itself, but like, you know, becomes one of the people, um, is able to predict what is going to be said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's obviously because, yeah, well, and, and of course, cause Donna's not there. So the doctor is being overpowered by this alien and then overpowered by the people. And you're just watching it just like, well, how's he going to get out of this? Because he's got no companion. He's got nothing to sort of help him. And then, of course, yeah. it's the hostess who notices that the alien is saying, you know, Molto Bene and Allons-y, and she's taken his voice. And then the hostess realises and sacrifices herself. And no one yeah, knows so her name. It's beautiful. I know. It's so sad. 
but like I think it's a good reflect. I think that's one. It's one of those episodes of perspective of making audiences think about their own actions. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's all our favorite episodes, and there was certainly a lot of them. And so probably oh, the yeah, harder question to ask: What was your? And so maybe not. Maybe not necessarily a bad episode, but what was your what was the episode that you enjoyed the least? Um, and we can include look, the specials they're, if there's any specials. They're all good, and I will consider the specials separately because they're a, they're an entity their own. I feel like they deserve their own because this this sure. series, like series four, with Donna as the companion, excluding the specials, is a fantastic season. If you add in the specials, you're degrading that season. Um. I would say that my least favorite episode. Is I think we're probably going to say the same one, but yeah, the Santara yeah. stratagem, yeah, yeah, and Poison Sky, the Planet of the Udo episode. I actually really like as well. I wouldn't put it as one of my favorites. Um, like it's a that's good a, Doctor Who episode, and that's another funny one. And I love the pe- And you get people complaining these days about oh, you know, the woke PC stuff in Doctor Who. Planet of the Ood is a very, um, you know. Uh, anti-slavery, anti um, all sorts, like, you know, all sorts of, like, poor practices on Earth and talking about how, you know, I, was it this one or was it Fires of Pompeii where the doctor says he's commenting on slavery and Donna's like, well, I don't have slaves. And he's like, well, who do you think made your shirt? Um, I think yeah. it was the, I, I think it was Planet of the Ood. Um, yeah. So there's all those sorts of messages in this episode. And so I'm like, that's, that's pretty, like, it's kind of a pretty hard-hitting message. So, yeah, no, that's a I, good one. And I haven't, we haven't talked about it, but, like, I... I like that episode as well. Like, it's a great episode. The And as you said, like, this, or as we've both already said, this season's so epic. It's hard to find one that's not. And I think the one that doesn't, the what, like, one story that doesn't hold up as well as every other story in this season is the Sontara stratagem and, and de- Poison Sky and two-parter. Dare I say it's another Russell T Davies space, alien spaceship in the sky looming over threatening Earth? Um, like, just, just saying... Oh, okay. Helen Rayner. Fair cop. Uh, Helen Rayner. Okay, fair cop. It's Leave it's a Russell T. Davies trope. Alone. I know, but it's it's a fair cop. It's not Russell T. Davies, but it is it is a trope that pops up in a lot of his episodes. So I will say that. But yes, fair enough. It wasn't him who wrote this one, and it's another one with you know pollution and stuff like that as a theme. So it's kind of a bit PC or whatever you'd call it. You know, well, I'm, you know, I'm just saying like that's what people kind of complain is being all of a sudden yeah. in Doctor Who, and I'm like, it's been there for a while, guys. Come on. I mean, um, I do like that we get Martha back in this episode. I do like mm-hmm. that we get to know Donna's family a bit more. We get um, Unit. We get well, the Unit is no means nothing to me without the Brigadier. Um, <laughs> we get a reference to the Brigadier. Yes, we don't get the Brigadier though. Um, it's just yeah, it's just the Santaran and the whiny little brat. Mm, who I think that's yeah. Radigan, whatever his name is, just takes it down. Though I, he he does redeem himself at the end, but I agree that he it, like the the I don't know. It's just the it, it's one of those like modern day Earth episodes where it's sort of like it's fine, but it's mm-hmm. nothing amazing, and it's like a very paint by numbers sort of plot. So it's very okay. Yeah, we get Martha back's probably the big highlight of it. Uh, who then travels? We haven't talked about do- uh, the Doctor's daughter, which is the next I was episode. Say, there's so one she- episode we have not touched on at all. Yeah, that one. And I feel really bad because I'm like, I'm not going to say that's my least favorite episode of the season because there's it's no. a great episode. But if I'm picking a weak episode, other than what you've talked about there with the Sontaran stratagem and Poison Sky, the 
doctor's daughter has a really cool concept with the daughter being the genetic coding from the doctor and then the wars just being fought for a week is a really cool twist Oh, my God, I ending. love that reveal, and I don't remember when I originally watched it. Um, I, I so knew there was something like that. that out, yeah, yeah. I was just like, that's so interesting because it's, again, another comment on the female. Uh, no, it's not the female. It's the human, human psyche. Um. And I think Jenny would have been fun to have as a companion mm. for a couple of episodes as well. Yeah, we get Gendry. Oh my god, Gendry! Before so, oh, I, Gendry. I think that was a fine episode, and I really do like the design of the alien creature in that as well. But yes, like reflecting on this season, you think the highlights of this season, you don't necessarily think of that episode. So that's why I'm sort of it's a cop out, but I'm yeah. probably saying that's my my. Episode that I enjoyed the least, rather than least favorite, because I, I enjoyed all of them. Did yeah. you enjoy the Samaran Stratagem? No, that's that's always been like that's always been yeah. my go-to weakest episode, weak, weakest think, episode well, and two-parter. Because you get the you get the clone Martha and stuff as well. Where I'm like, oh, yeah. it's very kind of cliche yes. stuff, and I'm like, oh, I like the right. aliens and the Doctor's daughter and the one like that had that Martha's able to bond with them, and then one sacrifices right. himself yeah. for her, and like, um, it's I think it's a good episode, but. There are, yeah. and this is, this is what I said with the Planet of the Youth episode. These episodes are all so good that, yes, there are some that aren't as good but are still good. And if they were in another Doctor Who season, they'd probably like, be yeah. some of the better episodes. Um, if, if, if this is so solid across the board, like the only one that's really not great is the Sontaran two-parter. If that Sontaran two-parter was in Martha's season ex- instead of the Dalek two-parter, that elevates that season instantly. In yes. my mind, like exactly. that, 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 that two part art instead of the Daleks, I'm like, that's so much better. Like, that, those are good episodes. Yes. So, it's not to say that they're poor episodes. Yeah, definitely. Just out of this whole season, they're probably the weakest yeah. one. Um, that one, like, those that episode that two part is probably the weakest. Yeah. Um, okay. So, do you want to talk about this finale yeah, well, or uh, well, the arc leading into our finale? I was, yeah, I was just going to say. So, we'll talk about the finale, but. To talk about the finale, let's talk about the arcs leading into it because there are several. So, in uh, in the previous seasons, we've had Bad Wolf, we've had Saxon, we've had Torchwood as just sort of themes in the background. But in this season, we've got the disappearing planets, which we get in a couple of the episodes, Paravilia, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the planet of the um, Adipose, and things like that. We've got the disappearing bees. Yes. We've got the Doctor Donna, which is a bit more of a subtle arc, which I really liked. We've got the yes. the, the thing on Donna's back, which I. Th- think is in one or two of the earlier episodes it gets mentioned i think i can't remember which ones so there's a few different things leading up to this finale so did you did you think that the that the arcs or the themes through the season worked really well in building to that finale i like the idea of the missing planets i thought that was cool and the bees as well i don't know how i feel about the dr donna thing because i'm not sure how i feel about the dr donna thing in the it's very um, bad wolf-ish in the sense that it's, you know, because um, when when the, the Metacrisis happens and we get the Dr. Donna, it's like, oh, you know, it's echoed back throughout time together sort of thing, bringing us together. I'm like, that's basically the same thing as bad wolf was. Bad wolf yeah. was the words, bring, like, linking them through time. Yeah. So it was a little bit similar. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was fine and it wasn't too, like, in your face through the season it was more of a oh you know people joking about them being t- together and the ood calling them the dr donna and stuff and yeah, yeah. 
but okay. yeah so so what did you think of the finale i i mean i sort of said as we watched it it felt like the avengers before the avengers where you've got you know torchwood the sarah jane adventures and doctor who kind of coming together and you've got all these different teams working together you've got mickey and rose and um um rose's mum back and you've got uh sarah jane smith you've got you've you've got all of torchwood in it which is really cool yes um which is really fun after having watched torchwood r.i.p tosh and owen yeah Yeah. um it's it's, it worked really well like it's one of those finales that i look back on and i'm like oh yeah it's all right but when you watch it i'm like oh actually it does work really well yes um i would argue that this is a three-part finale because i turn left feeds directly into the stolen earth Um, i was gonna say i forgot the other arc Thing that we haven't really talked about is Rose through the season. So we yes, get Rose and so um, partners in crime and on the screen in Midnight and stuff. Yes. So she keeps popping up, which is cool. Um, it's nice that they've got Rose back. I do enjoy that it's got everyone back. Um, did it feel a bit too cutesy wootsy point? Yes. Um, do I think that when he got shot by a dialect, the Doctor oh, maybe yeah. should have regenerated at the end here rather than having his four episodes special. It was totally unnecessary. Um, yes. Do <laughs> um, you – okay, so then I'll ask you this question. Do you think having Matt Smith as being the Doctor for that second part would have – like, do you, do you think having a new Doctor at, for the second part – like, I think, it, I think it could have worked really well, but what, what do you think it could have worked? I, I think it could have worked if you still then had the clone being David Tennant. Good point. Yep. And then you had the new Doctor, old Doctor, version 2.0, and then Donna, a, and then that way David Tennant could still could have gone off with Rose. That's a and, great point. Yeah. I think it would have worked a lot better because I really, and we'll get to this, cannot stand the specials. Okay. You've talked me into that because I, and, I, and I think, and, I, and I've long said, I reckon having a regeneration at the start of the story or in the middle of a story would be so interesting. It's something we haven't really seen in any. Classic or new Who. I mean, the only one I can think of is um, the Seventh Doctor regenerated at the start of a story, yes. and that was. But that was that was no different to most regenerations, where it's no. trying to deal with a new, you know, new body for a story. Whereas if it's in the middle of a story, I think it'd be so interesting to see how you've got, you know, events already happening and the Doctor having to continue to deal with it. Yes. And the fact that everyone would have lost their minds when that when the credits rolled that episode and you've got the Doctor regenerating and everyone's like, well, hang on, I didn't know he w- this was happening now. Yes, it would have been crazy. And we got Davros back as well. And we got Davros back as well. Yes. Davros. With uh, Sarah Jane. He's coming back. Back together again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the whole Doctor Donna clone Doctor thing... I think it would be more effective if we had a new doctor. Um, and I just, I just not confuses me, but it just, like we said with the Saxon final, uh, with the master, it kind of takes this fantasy world a bit too far. Um, not as far as the of, end of time, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, and I don't know. I just like, I like the idea of, Donna taking on some Time Lord knowledge. Yeah. Um, I think that works really well. I just, I don't know, there's, there's something about it I just don't like or didn't enjoy as much as I think maybe it was that cutesy-wootsy factor. 
Um, and it was very clear that once the doctor got hit and didn't regenerate, this is all going to end and everything will be happy. And I mean, it's, I know it's not happy because we end up with Donna having her mind wiped and the doctor feeling guilt about that, but she's not dead. I think, she yeah, I think that's my, that's my problem with Russell T Davies and Moffat where they prophesize these companions dying. So we've had Rose who's going to die in battle. We've got Donna who's going to die. We had Clara who was going to die. And we had um, Bill. I can't remember if that was foresh- foreshadowed or what. I mean, she's the one who probably dies the most, but she even she actually, gets to go off yeah. and travel with, but then she goes off to travel with Water Lady. So all four of them die, but don't die. I'm like, I get that it's a Doctor Who, it's a kid show or whatever, but you can kill people off. And do Look it at properly. Yeah. And, um, and that, just, and that as, happened with as, no warning and no discussion. As, and I was as, like, okay, he's dead. Bye. Kylie Minogue's character died. That was fine. Yeah. River sort of dies. She came back as the well, she sort of come, Yeah, but then she's she's yeah. still, like, you couldn't bring her back properly, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um, but, yeah. Um, well, how about, so, because we'll, we'll, we can keep talking about Donna, we'll link into the end of time because she comes yeah, back so in that. So we'll talk about quickly. some of the specials. Um, touch on a couple of them because we haven't talked about Planet of the Dead or Waters of Mars yet. I think Planet of the Dead, if we're going to talk about weakest episode across the specials and Series 4 together, Planet of the Dead is probably the weakest yeah. of those for me. Yeah. It's just very unmemorable. There's not a whole lot that goes on in it that I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a great moment sort of thing. I had never watched it up until this point. Um, I think I started, look, looking at these air dates, it was 2009. I was in my, yeah, it was our final year of school. I was not paying attention to what was happening on television at all. Um, So I missed a lot of these. And they're very Um, kind of, they were scattered through the year, so there wasn't really a set air date. I watched Waters of Mars. That now that's so so Waters of Mars by comparison has a like that's a very classic episode in my mind. That yeah. even now you look at whenever we've got rovers going up to Mars and finding water, you see people joking about, oh, you know, d- stay away from the water, don't touch the water, because this episode stays with people quite a yes, lot. I think it's a great one, and it's it it it's a good sort of two parter with um the fires of Pompeii. I fi- I think yeah. where it's it's the Doctor sort of deciding he can save people if he wants to and he declares himself time lord victorious which we've now got a run of books and media coming into that but it's um it's sort of the beginning of the end for him where you know we talked last episode about how he's a bit of a dick and this is when that side of him comes back out yeah he um i mean we've got planet of the dead sorry i'm just trying to get my head around here didn't really like that no like christina just annoyed me um it's like yes just annoying um so yeah that episode wasn't like the storyline i thought was interesting the fact that they were trapped and needed to get back through the wormhole i think that was really an interesting plot um i just didn't like his new companion for that episode she just kind of um i think it just it was too out of place um Although we do get, we do get, um, he will knock four times. His first prophesized. Yes, in that and that's what I was going to say. Yes, that uh, leads us into that final two-parter. Um, what is the Mars? Fantastic episode. That's all, yeah, as you said, one of those ones that holds up for ages, and it's um, an alien that's not CGI, um, and that is terrifying because it feeds through the water. 
practical effects. It's so like, you know, at the beginning of the episode that they're all going to die because, um, you know, he gets those glimpses of their profiles. Um, on the on the Doctor Who uh, the the Wikipedia sort of equivalent. Yes. You know. Um, and he's like, I can't do anything to help you. But then we have this sudden change. And the doctor's like, no, I can change time. I can change the future. And I'm going to do it. And I feel like that's very out of um, character. Yeah, it was almost like they were like, we have to make people not like him anymore to make them less angry that he's leaving the show. It, yeah, it, always, it, was- it felt like they were trying to make us not like David Tennant. It was an odd choice, and I feel like if this had happened like in series four, and then carried on, like if it was a longer arc, yes, that would make sense. But it was literally for one episode, mm-hmm. and then he comes. And you were saying like the fiftieth is meant to happen at this point as well, and I was like, he doesn't seem very Time Lord victorious in the fiftieth. Yeah, like it just it feels like a temper tantrum, and then he moves on. Although, yeah, I mean, like at the start of the end of time, he's sort of you know he's got his luau on and his hat and suddenly he's he's very chill so i feel like i mean i guess maybe if he goes off and does a few things and then in the 50th it's him being like i'm gonna have a vacation on earth and go marry elizabeth the first i don't like i don't know but yeah i agree like he's not very he's not very moody and evil in the 50th no it just seems very odd and i know you said there's a series of books and stuff that maybe Mm. it's more explored there but in terms of like i'm a viewer that's only gonna watch the tv show i'm not gonna go read the books like it seems out of place. Um, and that leads us into the two-part finale, which I didn't also realise was a Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah, well, so the, the first part's the Christmas special, second part's the New Year's special, so it's sort of foreshadowing what we've got now of uh, New yeah, Year's specials. Year. Um, yeah. But this, I mean, I, I'm sort of repeating myself, I just said it with the Planet of the Dead, but this two-part finale, I'm like, if the Soul on Earth for t- two-part was... David Tennant's end, I think it would have been so much better because end of time is such like at the time I was probably like, oh, this is so amazing. And like his regeneration and we're seeing all the companions and everything. This is great. But now I'm like, this is aged so terribly. It's just such a bad two-parter. Um, yeah. We talked last episode about um, John Sims as the master and how great he is. And I'm like, this two-parter, I'm like, he's so weird. And like the skeleton thing and it's just so hammy and like yeah. over the top. And it's just, I don't yeah. know. What, what did you think of it? Did you like it? As I, I, as I said to you while watching it, John Sims is such a, he's a good actor and he plays the chaotic evil well without needing, like I, they could have conveyed that he was um, still, like his regeneration process or his attempt to come back, um, which I'll talk about in a second, um, did not go to plan without having the blue skull flashing. Like, I feel like they could have him doing those series of, he kind of like gets like a broken record and just goes on tangents. I was like, they needed that. It didn't need to be that explicit to the audience. I think was wrong. Like you could tell in his mannerisms and his actions that something wasn't quite right. And it was just Um, dodgy. It was CGI when I'm like, yeah. Yeah. They just didn't, they didn't need that extra CGI. Um, I had to laugh at the beginning with, and that just put me off. I think for the rest of the two-parter, watching them try to bring the master back, and it's like the cult of Harold Saxon, um, and they've got it's potions. Very, it was very, um, it was very, very it was very Voldemort coming back. Um, they needed the not blood, or they didn't need the hand. They're doing Harry Potter. Um, but they needed, you know, 
the residue from her, like Lucy Saxon's mouth because she's kissed him. And I was like, it's been how many years? Is the residue still there? Yeah. Really? Has she like not brushed her teeth in this time? Um, but then, then her all of a sudden being like, I knew you were planning this and yeah, I'm going to yeah. stop you. And I was like, what is happening? You've been like solitary yeah. confinement for how many months? It reminds me of um, years. And yeah. just. <laughs> it reminds me of in um, The Curse of the Fatal Death, which is that sort of comedy special that Moffat wrote in the 90s where it's yeah. Rowan Atkinson and whoever the master is. And, and then Rowan Atkinson's like, no, the master's like, I've, you know, planned this because I went back in time and got the architect to build a trapdoor and then Rowan Atkinson's like well actually I went back in time further and bribed the architect and put the trapdoor under you and it's like they're both like and I'm like and that was mocking this whole like yeah. um well I saw through your plan and oh no I planned for you seeing through my plan and, and it's like it, it's very silly um yes, with Lucy is. just being like oh no I saw it coming and we've got our own little sect to a fighting against you I was like, oh god okay. yeah I think that's when I was like yeah no I'm not and then they started showing the master with his X-ray skeleton. I was just like, this is not pleasant. They bring in the Naismiths as well, who yeah. is just like, who who is this guy? Why is he so creepy? Is he sleeping with his daughter? Like there was weird <laughs> vibes happening there. Um, it was it was unsettling. And, I mean, and it's really a shame because Timothy Dalton is a great actor, and so it was really cool seeing him in Doctor Who, and and he's his ra- yeah. Rassilon. And a really great moment as well was as he's marching down a corridor on Gallifrey talking about how the Doctor's got the moment and it's a great tie-in to the 50th, which holds... Because obviously this was done and they were just saying, like, the Doctor's going to do something to destroy us. And then it was built and incorporated into the 50th. And I'm like, they they flow together really well. It's just a shame this is such a weak story that it's not something you could watch back-to-back with the 50th and really enjoy. No, there's too much happening. I feel like it should have either just been the Master or just been the Time Lords. Yeah. There was yeah. just too much happening. And I legitimately forgot the Time Lords were even involved in this because I was like, oh, the Master's back. And I saw him as more of a threat. What um, did you I think? I did enjoy the montage of jo- um, John was- Sim becoming everyone on Earth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that made me chuckle. Um, well, I was going to say, what did you think of the actual uh, uh, re- uh, uh, regeneration at the end of the episode? Um. I was sad to see him go, and I think this is why, as we've now discovered, starting the 11th Doctor and watching those episodes, I've not seen any of those episodes because I was a bit cranky that David Tennant, even though I still love Matt Smith, um, and I loved him before he was on Doctor Who because I'd watched Party Animals and he was fantastic in that. Um, But I don't know. I just – that regeneration was good. It was good. I liked the fact that they – it was so over the top um, and, you know, he destroyed the TARDIS in the in the meantime. Um, I thought that, I thought the actual regeneration was probably the best part of the episode. I didn't understand um, the Doctor radiation thing because we had seen him with Martha in episode uh, uh yeah, yeah 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 um where he takes on radiation and then disposes it through shoot. maybe he didn't have any converse with uh yeah, well he was very converse so, anyway well, I know. um it was nice that he i mean look you can talk about him with real wilfred because you had a lot of say when we watched it uh 
Oh yeah, that's I mean, oh, yes. that, that's that's probably the the least likable the Doctor has ever been for me. More so than when he was choking Perry. More so than when he was the first Doctor being grumpy with things. Him, as much as he then sort of took it back and was like, you know, it'll be my honor to do it. Him saying to Wilfred when Wilfred's like, you know, oh, can you let me out? And he's like, yeah. oh, of course, you had to go and do it and you're so unimportant and I'm so important and I had all these things that I was going to do and you go, had to go and do that. Yes, he's he's ranting because he's already saying to himself that he's going to save him. So he's already saying, like, he's frustrated because he's like, I'm going to save him because that's what I do. But to say to somebody who's potentially about to die, because Wilfred's like, oh, no, no, just leave me. I'm an old man. I've lived my life. And he's like, yes, you have, but I'm going to save you anyway. Like, it's just like, hor- like really horrible things to say and i'm just like yeah yeah it's nasty i'm just like because it's and that's that's his sort of time lord victorious streak coming out from the waters of mars where he's like i can do all these things i'm so important i'm such a big thing um it was yeah it was it was not great so i do wonder if it was very much a this is why he has to go and please as an audience accept this is his time because look how bad David Tennant accepting David Tennant decided he wanted to be Hamlet, which is a great opportunity, so we have to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. Um the the actual regeneration I think was quite drawn out. I don't think we needed to see him catching up with um the descendant oh, yeah. of uh what's her name from Family of Blood. As much I, I love that two part. I've talked about it on the last episode, how much I like that, but it was a bit out of place. With you know, and, and even Martha and Mickey, I'm like, oh, so we've thrown Martha and Mickey together, oh, even though on, she was on, engaged on, to someone else. Yes, these the um farewell to her. Barks mm. on showing Martha and Mickey. I we talked about this. I I kind of like it, but as you said, is it a little bit questionable because I've just kind of put the two, um, those two together. Um, but also I feel like Martha's not the type of girl that would settle with Mickey. Yeah. And even in this farewell to her, she seemed like a different character. Yeah. It was I think Mark, it was weird. Yeah. I was gonna say I, I think you, you get you get rid of the Sarah Jane Smith, you get rid of the Martha and Mickey, you get rid of the um uh descendant who's written the book whose name of oh very well she's named Verity Newman, which I thought was quite cute being a nod back to the people that credit Doctor Who. But yes. get rid of those three. You have him farewell Wilfred and then travel forward in time to Donna's wedding to give her the lottery ticket, which I thought that was mm-hmm. fine. And then you just have him go see Rose and regenerate. And I'm like, you yeah. have it as like a five minute thing, like not yeah. even like a two minute thing. And then it's done. And it just, it just felt very dragged out. Yes. Cause like, even with, I know that Ten, like Tenet was a beloved doctor, but like, it was just totally anyway, like we don't in Kasiku, like the doctors just regenerate. Like um, Tom Baker's just, <laughs> Literally well, yeah. out of nowhere, bang, he's gone. It's like, what? Um, well, yeah, I was going to say, so we, we do get the floating heads of all his companions, but I'm like, that that's all you need. It's like a 30-second thing, where, which is a highlight of all his companions. Yeah, and and um, Fifth Doctor, I think, was the same. We got his, like, uh, yeah. Perry and um, uh, Tegan and stuff. Yeah, so I agree that it should have just been, yeah, him going to the future and giving Donna the glory um, and then him going back to Rose because it really kind of ties that back to mm. like, Rose was the first companion of this series and that he obviously has a special spot for her. Yeah. I mean, he left his body double with her, which is, that was also, you know, to, I think, happy Kathy. But anyway, 
Um, it is what it is. And it's almost um, like it's talking to the audience when he's saying, oh, the year's 2005, I bet you're going to have a great year. And it's like, well, and it's also the year that Doctor Who came back. So, yeah, um, yeah. it sort of ties the Russell T Davies era together. Yes, it does. It's a nice, like, that was a nice way for it to end. Um, for him to see Rose again. But, yeah, that farewell tour was a bit drawn out mm. and questionable. Um, I did like what- that we got to see Alonzo again and that. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Jack. Jack. Yeah, it was nice, but again, I'm like, I'm like, is this really necessary? If we're going to give Jack a, a, a pickup line as part of your farewell yeah. tour, I'm like, it's yeah, I don't know. It was it was all a bit much for me. But what what, um, what was your first impression of Matt Smith? I was going to ask you. Oh no, I was going to say oh, it yeah. was interesting when you when we watched it and you're like, why show um, the descendant of Joan Redfern from human nature yeah. and family of blood and not like someone like Sally Sparrow? Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah. Think well, yeah, and as I said to you, like the reasoning, I do things because he actually had a like relationship with her. Like she was someone that she generally like. If we think about Sally Sparrow, he didn't know Sally Sparrow. He met her once in passing. What about and the rest of it was, um, you know, through the video. Then I. Well, what about Jenny then? He thinks I mean, Jenny's dead. I know. I was yeah. Okay. So he he, he thought Jenny was dead, but I'm still like. She's out there traveling. I mean, if the whole idea is we're going to have him go back and see sort of iconic characters or moments from his series, like at least that's from the previous series with Donna, not like the random person from a Martha series. Like, you know, what about, uh, what about like, I don't know, people for, like, what about Shakespeare? I don't know, like people from the Rose series. Like it, it was just a very no, random it makes scene. Sense with, with her because like he was in love with her and he would, he was at that point willing to give up being a time lord to live with her. So that made sense to me. Yeah. He went and saw all the people who had like made a, like a significant impact on his character. Fair enough. So, so then, what, what was your first impression um, of um, Matt Smith? As I said, I really liked Matt Smith as like he was being cast as the Doctor. I knew him from Party Animals, so I was really happy with that, and I thought he was quite good in that like couple of minutes we saw him at the end. Um, he found his tagline very quickly um, with Geronimo. Um, yeah, I was thinking that. It's very, very quick to be like, well, it's not Alan Z anymore, it's Geronimo, yeah. Yes. Um, but then, as I said, I checked out once his series actually started. I was just like, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was it was an interesting introduction to him because I felt like it was a very, like we got the squeaky voice and, and the long hair. It was like you're sort of very much emphasising that he's quite a young doctor, which I was like, it was interesting. It was brave of them. Um, I remember not being hugely thrilled with him when I saw him in that episode. But then, you know, it's the same with David Tennant when he, for, in that first little scene with him when Christopher Eccleston had gone, because you're still getting over the fact that you've just lost your favourite doctor um, yeah. or, or an, a doctor that you really enjoyed watching. So it's always a bit of a challenge to, to fill that spot, I guess. Um, but look, I, you know. You know just looking at, Sorry, I'm going off on a okay. Wikipedia tangent. I just was- clicked on um, them looking at the 11th Doctor. And, like, the rumours about casting was Peterson Joseph, who appeared in um, Bad Wolf and The Parting of the Ways. And David Tennant was the other favourite. And other rumoured candidates, not David Tennant, sorry, David Morrissey, other rumoured candidates were Sean Pertwee. Right, like, yeah, I would okay. be okay with that. Um, James McAvoy would be also be fine with that. Or Russell Tovey as Alonzo. 
Wow. Not as a lot, I'm sorry, but like who played a lot. Yeah. Like I, he'd work as, I reckon he'd work as a doctor as well. It's always interesting looking at these, um, um, casting rumors. Anyway. So I th- yeah, so I think I think for this season I, I I'm going to give it a nine point five out of ten, and the point five mm-hmm. loses is for the weaker specials and um, sort of bring it down. And also I'm like I don't think anything could really be a ten out of ten, but this is as close to a perfect season as I think we're probably ever going to get with Doctor Who. I just think yeah. it's really rewatchable. It's really easy to you know enjoy, uh, and lots of great episodes. What did you think? Yeah. Is a fantastic. This is probably my favorite. Uh, okay, series one is my favorite. I really enjoy series one, but um, I'd have to put this on par as well. Like it's just every episode is good. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for for joining me to, to chat about this series, Lo. That's okay. It was lots of fun to whinge about specials and also celebrate <laughs> series four. And look, thank you everyone for listening in. We will be back sometime soon to review series five, which is Matt Smith's first season in the Tartars. So um, be sure to like the video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter. I think all the links should be in the the description below. Um, And we'll keep you posted. Yeah, Instagram as well. And we'll keep you posted. There's um, always other content that we're looking to produce. I know we've got... um, um, the Bad Batch for Star Wars is starting soon, so I'm sure we'll be doing reviews for that or, or at least some sort of discussion around that. Uh, and uh, we'll keep going from there. But until next time, thanks for joining us. See you. See ya.